Hello, welcome back to FYC for your child self, the podcast where we tell you to watch animated movies because they're good for you and your inner child and also just for you and also your inner children are severely neglected and you guys need to start paying attention to them. I'm Alessandra <laughs> and I'm Victoria and today we're reviewing or talking about The Boy and the Heron, which is a new Studio Ghibli movie. Also known in Japan as How Do You Live? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> I come back for you to, to kick us off. Yeah. And before we begin, let's start with um, what's the cartoon moment of the week? What's our cartoon moment oh, of the week? That's a good. Oh, actually, I got new shoes. Yeah. And I've worn them every single day this week, so I feel like. A cartoon character that only has one outfit. <laughs> That's pretty iconic, yeah. actually. If you, if you, if you, if I don't mind, if you don't mind me saying, no, don't mind at all. It's just every morning I'm like, oh, I want to wear them again. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is oh, that mind. So it's a new outfit, kind of. It's just jeans and a different shirt or sweater, which is fine. I just feel like Timmy Turner. We love a capsule wardrobe. Yeah, capsule, sure. My cartoon you? moment of the week, actually, more of me wishing I had more cartoon-like qualities, such as. Oh cartoon hair which is always just oh, perfect at all God, times until the plot luminous. requires it not to be um i had these like fun braids earlier and then with the the rain that's been going on here in la yeah got all poofy and um not that poofy's bad but it's just like it wasn't working with the braids anymore so i let it yeah. down my hair's all okay, right now go. and yeah. then now it feels more like cartoon hair i'm just like i yeah. feel like yeah you know, it's it's looking luscious thank you yeah But yeah, <laughs> we're going to be discussing. So we're, as we said, we're discussing Studio Ghibli's Boy and the Heron, written and directed by the master himself, Hayao Miyazaki. Coming out of retirement for this. Man comes out of a retirement like literally every, <laughs> every other week. Every like time he's constantly it's a new going movie. to requirement. He's like, no, the world needs, needs me. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody proves him wrong. Or right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, what, I don't know what you found, but I found that the budget for the movie was like about $64 million. Yeah, I had a hard time finding the budget. So, yeah, me too. I mean, I believe you. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy because then box office wise, it did amazing. Like literally took first place in the U.S. box office its opening weekend, which is like the first movie to do so. Like the first 2D animated to do yeah. so since Princess and the, the Frog, Frog in 2009. That is crazy. Um, And I mean... It's like, and mind you, like a bunch of other animated movies and just like big like box office hits were in there. Like it beat, um, Como se llama? Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh, yeah. It beat Wish. Um, yeah. Oh, I watched it. I watched it in Japanese with English subtitles. Um, and you watched it English dubbed. Yeah. So we have different experiences of the same movie. So that, let that, keep that in mind when um you decide to watch it so if you've seen this already or if you haven't watched it yet but are interested keep that in mind if you want to see the english dub or um the japanese version with the english subtitles but yeah i mean with that in mind what were your initial thoughts i don't know that i was in the best mind like state of mind to watch it on the day that i did i was expecting something more cutesy and i I didn't get it. I was expecting like a My Neighbor Totoro situation. Yeah, Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's Delivery Service, literally. Um, Even Spirit Away is something that I could deal with because like it ends in like a, it ends in a a way that I'm okay with. 
No, it was this like on one the was Wind just... Rises Princess Mononoke scale. Yeah, this one, I don't, yeah. It was like, I walked out of the theater like 9.30 p.m. and I was kind of like, I don't know how to drive home right now. Um, initial thought though, like while watch, like right, like after I guess that wore down, I was like, it was really beautiful and I loved the character of Himi. Like oh, I could not fun. stop thinking about her. Like I've been thinking about her for days. She's like adorable and like so mature, but like so much chooses, chooses to just like be until that, like, until like her being has like affects somebody else. Then she like steps into action. I don't know. I just really admired her for that. Yeah. I loved how much of a spitfire she was. No pun intended. But, um, but yeah. What about you? Any initial thoughts? Um, well, it was- I was confused by the parakeets. <laughs> but literally like you could not pay me to understand what the parakeets meant. Like or why parakeets? I understand what they represent. I did not understand why they had to be parakeets. Um, but my first impressions was just like. I was surprised by how, despite obviously all the fantastical elements that I has, especially like in like the, like, you know, like 45 minutes on, but like for a long time, like the first third of the movie, it's so grounded and so like, like not slow per se, but it's just like, it takes its time living in the real world in all its sadness and its brutality. Yeah. Um, before throwing us into the fantastical, which at times it could, was also very brutal. Yeah, it's a full 180 though. Yeah. It's like in tone. Yeah. Complete 180. Tone, Um, color, lighting. But, um, I did find myself like just enjoying every moment and just like, you know, like going through this journey with Mahito, who is the main character, who's played by Soma Santoki in the Japanese version and Luca Padavan in the English <laughs> version and his journey through like the grief of, you know, losing his mother. Yeah. Um, which is how we start off. It's like, we literally start this movie. It's like in the midst of world war two, an attack on his village where he knows his mother is and him just in this beautiful sequence, which was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is him running after her. And it's just like everything just moving so much faster around him and it's flames. And it's just so like surrounding him in this like whirlwind and he's trying his best to get to her and such as life. He can't and he loses his mother in like the first five minutes of the movie and not even five like i think literally the first minute yeah in tokyo and then is moved to the countryside with his father where he meets his new mother his stepmother who's also his aunt who he hasn't seen also since he was like a wee child yeah and but his dad has definitely seen because she's pregnant yeah she yeah so imagine meeting re-meeting your aunt after all this time who looks so much like your mom and she's not only replacing your mom but she's also pregnant (laughs) pregnant um yeah with your sibling so a lot of emotions for a kid to go through um and then being moved to this house in the countryside far away from everything you know in a house full of these interesting old people did you notice i thought it was very funny Mm -hmm. because wish was like going with the theme of like the seven dwarves with like the seven there were seven of them there were seven maids i had the same seven old ladies i was like two four six no way in the next scene two four six there's no way that it's seven two this is Hayao Miyazaki's adaptation of Snow White y'all um and then from there we're like you know introduced to this like 
sort of like peaceful like countryside home and like we're literally like walking like in real time like yeah like not that it's not entertaining but it is like it does take its time i don't want to say slow because i feel slow has negative connotations and but yeah like he's touring this house which is like his mother's childhood home yeah which and yeah <laughs> it took me a little bit to catch that too I was like, because when he, he made this comment, it's like, oh, she looks so much like my mom. I was like, yeah, your dad's got a type. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's literally his aunt. Like, that is so, oh, I hate that. Let's like, I'm like I feel like we're, yeah. we don't have time to unpack all that. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, but. um, Yeah, and then he just has to go to school where he doesn't have a good time either. Yeah, picks a fight, which I thought. I, I, like he it was one of those fight. things that it was silent and it was just like the audience like sort of burst into like oh, really? laughter yeah oh no not at mine no it was like literally they start laughing because i mean kid literally just like starts a fight on yeah. his first day no, he like did. um and then then it got more serious when mm-hmm. he I, I say like watch this and then it's like oh he bludgeons himself we have he to bludgeon like- himself with a rock yeah let me give my my dad a message. <laughs> um, and so he ends up staying home. And during this time, like he goes exploring like more and more of this house and meets a gray heron. Seems normal at first, but then not really. No, definitely not normal. Uh, Never seemed normal. <laughs> abnormal from the very beginning, right off the bat. Abnormal. And then he also encounters and he follows this heron to this dilapidated tower. Yeah. That he finds out was once built supposedly by his um his grand uncle great uncle great grand uncle at that point yeah um and it sort of opens this um up to like the more like fantastical and then it's just like i'm convinced like you could not try to convince me otherwise the whole rest of the movie is this kid like this concussed child's like hallucinations oh my god no literally (laughs) like this is this kid hallucinating through his grief and I'm, i'm happy that he that that helped him yeah I'm like, but yeah that was but no one else listening to this should think self-harm is the way no um i think that's safe to say but but in this case of this movie definitely therapeutic as he ends up communing with um this heron who is trying to guide him to his mother allegedly so he says he's yeah mind you little heron as we know his mother is no more and then you have the um and then eventually the heron starts talking um and this heron who is in japanese um played by masaki suda and then in english by robert pattinson yeah who's had the most interesting career path i've ever seen he's just getting his bag he's got a baby on the way um yeah i'm so excited um not that it's my kid or i'm gonna have any real like effect in its life but happy for them um yeah but um the heron um played by these actors states you know mahito like you know i like have your mother like come with me i'll be your guide yeah, to her. you didn't see the body she's not you didn't you don't you don't have proof that she's dead yeah so come with me no body no but crime what i yeah nobody no, no war crime mm-hmm. uh, but anyway so yeah so they end up in the tower the heron the boy or the boy and the heron one might say <laughs> the boy and the heron and the old lady kiriko and it's quickly unveiled as a trap or not a trap but like an illusion yeah i feel like it was a trap it was a very um ghibli-esque um moment with um the fake mother yeah 
made out of like water tear waters yeah waters. beautifully animated but it is very creepy and then uh, um the boy um, mahito has had enough truly had enough of um the heron's nonsense and shoots him therefore taking his flying feather so at this point the heron has no choice but to basically like help Mahito until he gets gives him his feather back and he turns into this freaky little guy that <laughs> Miyazaki just loves including in his movies yeah it's basically like a little guy wearing a heron suit yeah but he is a heron he is a heron but he's also a man and he has little <laughs> heron feet <laughs> yeah again it's like a multi-dimensional experience like I feel like putting it into words like is doing it a disservice but some of the highlights the Warawara, who the are Warawara. these um, unborn spirits that are being taken care of by a younger version of the old lady Kiriko. Who was in the tower with them. And yeah. Got and she plays like this badass, like pirate-esque lady, fisherwoman. Yeah. Um, and who protects Mahito and the heron and hosts them um, while they're facing off the noble pelicans who are eating the Warawara. Literally. Um, and yet at the same time, it's like, you see all the violence and then you have, um, the noble pelican who is played by, um, Karu Kobayashi in Japanese and Willem Dafoe, one of our favorite okay. dudes in English. And it's sort of like the, like, you know, we have to eat too, you know, goes to show the circle of life, um, yeah. is brutal and, and also unfair. Yeah. And you kind of get revealed that like they were put there. Like, they didn't ask to be there. There's no escape for them. They just have to be. And they have and to eat. survival of the fittest. I think it's, like, in there for a reason. We'll, yeah. we'll like, discuss it. Yeah, I just want to mention it because it'll come up later. No, exactly. Um, And, oh, we that's where we, that's also the scene where we meet Lady Himi. Mm-hmm. Kind of. We find out about her. Well, we meet her because she's the one that stops the pelicans. Yeah. She fi- she's the one that, like, K-words them. Um, <laughs> Mercs. <laughs> Mercs. Um, using her fire powers. She's like the lady of fire. And she's played by Amyon in Japanese and then Karen Fukuhara from The Boys um, in English. Mm-hmm. And she's the spitfire that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, my favorite character. Basically, from then on, it's just like continued like quests. They have to like go past these parakeets in order to like find Natsuko. At- well, yes. So his... Um, so Mahito's mission is to find his mom. Yeah. And then it quickly becomes to find Natsuko, who ends up in this realm. How? I, she she also, just ends up. She yeah, just ends up there. She also yeah. wanders. And so then Mahito's father ends up having to look for both of them. Yeah. So basically in the real world, both Mahito and Natsuko are missing. And then in this fantastical world, Mahito's new mission becomes to look for Natsuko instead of looking for his mother. So like that, this is, I think, one of the most beautiful parts about the movie is like you start to see his like selfishness dissipate. Is that a real word? Dissipate? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dissipate. The, yeah. That's a word. <laughs> okay, great. Do you start to see it like dissipate and like he has, he like has, has to, to overcome like, his grief, overcome his grief and like continue to refocus on the present, which is the present is, oh, Natsuko, who is his quote unquote new mom. He knows to some degree that like his mom isn't there. So like re like re focusing on Natsuko and the baby is him accepting the fact that his mom he's not gonna find his mom he's not gonna be able or to bring her he? back exactly 
And so as we continue, we meet these like parakeets. Again, don't know why they're parakeets, but they're definitely fascists. I'm so confused. Okay. I was like, people were saying it gives Imperial Japan, but with the Ilusha like signs, I was like thinking Mussolini with the well, peak parakeet king. Fair. They had the signs. It looked like German. The Ilusha or like, or I didn't, I like, they I had little signs when they no, were yeah, at the I know parade, they had the so. signs like no. rooting because I know that there was one that said Ilusha, but I don't know what the other signs said. Though yeah. I, I I will take your word for it. Yeah. So I think it just represents fascism as a whole, and then this violence because they're like these parakeets are depicted as like bloodthirsty beings that will eat anything in sight, like boy heron, um, pregnant woman, like they are bloodthirsty. They have their knives sharpened. They're terrifying. They have their pots boiling. Um, yeah, they're ready to eat these kids. Yeah. Like the only way out of this world, he realizes, is to go find Grand Uncle, who according to myth had gone mad because of the place but was the one that created it but was also one that ends up controlling the world and he's still alive within the realm of whatever the hell this world is is. whatever this world is i'm not gonna lie to you this movie still not 100 percent clear to me all i know is that it's cool (laughs) yeah it was beautiful it made me think a lot and don't I'm pretend to have the answers. Yeah, <laughs> nobody here can really, yeah. really have any answers. If you want something deep, definitely go watch this movie and then think about it for the next two weeks, like we did. In confronting his granduncle, his granduncle is like, "I've basically brought you here to pass on my role to you." Yeah, which so, is building this world. This is kind of where you the order in it, where you like get revealed that like he was Mahito was lured into this world by this old man because he's like i'm on my way out you gotta you gotta take over for me grand uncle by the way is played by shohei hino and mark hamill no way yeah yes way dang luke skywalker slash the joker literally um which actually encapsulates perfectly those two characters that like yeah, that character, that is that character. but basically he asks him like will you take on my mantle like a being the ruler and the you know the designer of this place and mahito is like no no i'm <laughs> not interested. this place is weird i want to go home <laughs> even though like the whole world is at stake of falling apart but but that's the other thing it's like it's this world not the whole world yeah it's just this weird world that his of multi- quote unquote like, great grand uncle has created and has not just created but let it turn awful but then this ends with him basically running off to with Lady Himi, who he finally realized. And I think, honestly, can we agree? Like, he probably knew from the beginning who she was or early on knew who no, she was. No, I don't think he did. You don't think? When no. they had that meal together? No. And it's like, oh, my sister? No. No? But I can see why. Maybe it's also just like a voice acting thing. Oh, because um, I watched it in Japanese, so I was reading the subtitles. I just feel like it was him in denial, like of him looking for the mother that he knew, and, and not then, the one that like the actual. Right, I like, get that. No, I didn't see it that way. I saw it in that like he. Oh, maybe I did just see it that way, but I'm, now I'm in denial. <laughs> so there's this part where they're like sitting down and they're eating and they're on a train. It's been a few weeks for me. I think they were on a train going to. No, they weren't on a train. Whatever. It's an intimate moment where they're sharing a meal before yes. they, when when they're on their quest to go rescue Natsuko. I'm pretty sure they were on a train. I'm going to keep flipping back and forth on that one. But she was like, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for Natsuko. And she's like, oh, my sister, <laughs> I know where that bitch is. And you're saying 
that you understood that part is like he understood that that was his mom but then he was in denial about whether that was his mom or not yeah got it unless there was like a third sister that he's like oh yeah well i kind of took it as like that he just kind of took it as like oh maybe there's sisters in this realm like more more so i guess i took it more so in that like he was in denial about like his relationship to natsuko no you're so right i'm being i didn't read that correctly because I was I confused. Think, I don't necessarily think it's like, again, it's like interpretation. No, yes, but I was also confused about who Natsuko was. It took me a while to realize that that was the aunt. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So I think that I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> and then after that part was when things like fully made sense to me where I was like, oh, yeah. So I didn't really like double check or go back on myself. I'm like, I'm going to bring up a recommendation that some I saw. I read on Twitter somewhere that. Like, it was the perfect, like, watch to go with it. And actually, maybe when I go home, I will watch it. Uh-huh. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it tonight as a double yeah. feature. And I did not. No. Um, And hold on for that recommendation. What <laughs> is it? No, hold on. It's like, you got to keep listening what? to what? You gotta oh, keep my God. She's not even going to uh, tell me. <laughs> but whatever. It's fine. Did you have a favorite part of the movie? I think it was, like I said, the moment um, he's like this moment where he's just like in slow motion trying to save his mom it just feels like very nightmare-esque and it's also the beginning yeah in the beginning (gasps) i thought like that was like it was animated so well yeah and apparently it's one of hayao miyazaki's like you know og animators and like he's done Mm. this sort of sequence Mm -hmm. before in like another ghibli movie Mm -hmm. that it was very like similar like um cinematically but it was just like the way it happened now it was just like you can see the advances in 2d animation yeah it was just like an incredible sequence and it's just like Again, it's, like, such a heartbreaking start to the movie and, like, immediately sets the tone. It's, like, for, like, what this, like, like, the dreamlike quality of it, the Mm -hmm. slash nightmare, that it's just, like, because we enter this world of, like, fantasies and, like, dreamlike things, and then it's just, like, real life at its worst moments can sometimes feel a lot like that, too. And even though it's, like, such a, the most grounded moment of the movie, it's, like, the realities of war. Yeah, that is, like, the one... Right, because it's in such a fantastical movie that it's like the one like really gut wrenching, like cold open to yeah. some degree. <laughs> Fucking cold, yeah. indeed. Um, how about you? What was your favorite part? Um, I really liked, and this is gonna be weird. I think it's just because it like gave me anxiety, but like in a way that I could manage it while I was at the movie theater. The part at the end when they're looking for when Himi and Mahito are looking for the grand uncle and the parakeet king is chasing them oh that's and they're like going through like i don't know these like spaces that like like these liminal spaces Mm -hmm. that are kind of like you you feel like you've been there before but it's not a real place like that i really like that part like both visually it was stunning like sound wise it was so silent i was like (laughs) and then on top of that um the chasing of it all was kind of like, ooh, okay, things are going to happen. Like, this is fine. That's a great, uh, that's a great choice. Like, I, I like, hadn't thought about it that way. And yet, yeah, you're right. It was, like, so, like, it was so subtle, yet so suspenseful. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it brings it back to, like, the stream sequence. Because it really does feel like yeah, it is a dream. dreams. Yeah. yeah, like, those liminal spaces that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, like, you like, feel exactly. like you've been there, but you haven't actually been there. It's taken them seven years to make this movie. And he, like, retired before it. And then they started, and he was, ah crap gotta go back that's like just when i thought i was out you pull me back back in in. well it's also like this movie derives a lot from his life so like Mm -hmm. it would have been weird if studio ghibli had made a movie about him without his involvement 
and like i understand why like in theory that's like oh yes that's an homage it's like a like a tribute a like. tribute exactly that's the word exactly literally that a tribute to like our creative mind and in like you know our father <laughs> yeah our father but how creative he is and how like specific he is about the movies that he himself works on and like his vision it would have been weird if his lens hadn't been portrayed no in my opinion no i agree and then like what you just sit him down you're like we made this for you it's like yeah that's not how i would have done it actually yeah exactly just opening yourself up for critique (laughs) yeah (laughs) after spending 64 million dollars in seven years but it is crazy like the legacy that he's like left or i mean like it's like i granted he's still going like I really like, you know, this, I don't think, or I don't believe that this will be like the last of Miyazaki. Oh, no, me either. Um, this, I think this movie really is going to revitalize the the trend. Do you know how they paid for this movie? How? That's why the licensing, licensing distribution for all of the other Ghibli movies. Oh, like what? Through Max? Because that's, like, yeah. that's the hub. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I know, literally. For, so if it, few things. truly, like, if anyone has ever gone, and I have, I've been to all to, I've seen Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirit Away rewatched, like, rewatched in theaters. Like, that's what funded the making of this movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know, that's a like, cool. I love it. It's like, no, it, like, Ghibli funded itself. Like. Ghibli, yeah, it literally funded itself and, like, got all our little capitalist tendencies <laughs> into action. He said, work for me. And you know what? It paid off it quite literally. Like again, number it was number one in the box office its opening weekend. Like, oh my god! Which yeah, is, again, so rare for it beat an everything. animated movie, but like so rare for a two D animated yeah. movie, like an art form that supposedly has like gone out of vogue. Quote and unquote. to see like the love that has been shown, it's like shows again. Like, why are we all here? Like, literally, why are us two sitting here? It's like the love of animation and the art of animation. Right, and the fact that we're like still so confused by the parakeets but we want to talk about the parakeets so bad you only get that in like specific forms of art like if the parakeets had been cgi i can guarantee you we would not be talking about them the way we're talking about these well you know what what the parakeets reminded me of what they okay here we are oh boy it seemed like they were like a combination of both the birds and the pigs and angry birds Oh, and ang- I did not expect you to say Angry Birds. No, because you said CGI birds, and that's what reminded me of it. Because I, I remember that. watching them being like, they look like the pigs and the Angry Birds combined. Yeah. Into like one like grotesque creature. Yeah. Also, I found it. Um, the Royal House of Japan got really into parakeets. Oh, so maybe it is. So it's just like an imperialist symbol. Yeah, like fascism, like yeah. imperialism. Um. Yeah, like in the 1910s. Huh, the more you know. Thank you for that fun fact. Or not so fun fact, but yeah. important. To this day, to Japan has a strong following of parakeet fancies. What was the message of the movie for you? Or what was like your biggest takeaway from the okay. movie? Okay, actually, before we talk about that, I do want to come clear. I hate Mahito. Really? <laughs> I really disliked him. Oh boy, why? Oh boy. I, well, okay, hate is a strong word. I, I'm trying not to use strong words. I don't like how, I just felt like he wasn't like a strong character. And I get it, he's eight. Or seven, maybe. Like, he's a little boy, and I get You think that. he's that young? Is he? Yeah. I thought he was older than that. No, no, he's like very young. 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I have a response for that, but continue. Okay. I want to hear, no, hear that, I, where this goes. I really didn't like him. So for a long part of the journey that they that he was on, like when he was with Kiriko, and then um, the first few minutes of him and Himi's journey together, and when he was with the at, like about to get eaten with the budgies, when he was with the heron, mm-hmm. I was just like, "What is happening here?" Like I wasn't super invested. Like I just kept looking at like things because it was pretty, and like I wasn't like. I was reading the subtitles, so that, like, kept me, like, I had to continue to be engaged, but I was just, like, so tired of him. I was, like, oh, my God, can we just move on? Like, when is he going to meet someone new? Like, I just, and then Himi came into the picture again, and I was, like, oh, yes, girl, love me, Himi. But, um, so for the long, for a long part of the movie, I was just sitting there, like, wondering, like, what is the message? What, what is this kid trying to tell me? Like, I was like trying so hard to like get on like get on his side but I don't know if it's just because I couldn't relate to him I don't know if it's because I thought he was annoying I don't know if it's because he did something that pissed me off and I just can't remember what that was but it just took me such a hard time to like bond with him that by the end when like when the granduncle was like my world here you go and I was like okay if this kid doesn't do something that like if this kid doesn't do something that like makes me go like, like want to give him a standing ovation, I don't know why I watched this movie. And then he did do something that made me want to give him a standing ovation. And I was like, God damn it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand now why I watched this movie. So for that alone, like I think the biggest takeaway, like what this movie is about to me is about like kids inheriting something from the older generation, but refusing it and doing it better which I think a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies are about, like, Spirit Away is my favorite. And I think that that's what ended up making me like this movie was because it had that from Spirit Away where it's, like, at the end of the day, the kid's the one that has to fix this problem that the adults created and, like, yeah. are trying to pass down to them. But they're, like, no, respectfully, like, I'm going to... This is your problem. I'm going to go back to, like, my problems and my life and, like, not my your responsibilities. My responsibility isn't your feelings and your fuck-ups, which I think is a valuable lesson in today's day and age. It's interesting because people, like, had theorized that it was, like, about, like, like or it was like addressed to like Hayao Miyazaki's sons or like that it was mm-hmm. obviously like in part inspired by Miyazaki himself and I get that now that like you're saying it out loud that it's like the fact <laughs> no because or not sons or like I know that one like he has a son that like yeah. has directed for studio um Ghibli yeah. before um and I, think, and I think he said he was like he shouldn't be here <laughs> so I think it's interesting the fact of like this character being like you know what like we're not all that like yeah. we really are and like we're kind of crazy in a way and we have fucked up a lot yeah And, like, you shouldn't have to feel obligated to, like, put this burden on your shoulders. Um, But, like, I don't know. I think, like, I I did feel this, like, fondness for Mahito in terms of, like, I, like, not that I felt sorry for him, but it's, like, there's so many, like, kids that I've seen that it's just, like, they play up the I'm strong and I'm the man of the house and I'm the one that has to, like, save everything or fix everything and it's just like again like he's in the midst of this like grief and he's trying to like be strong and like trying to like accept all the changes that are thrown at him but like he's like a young like he's like a kid you know and it's like yeah being thrown with like again like the death of your mother that you feel like no blamed for yeah well, not blamed but he, he, no he, he feels guilty for, for oh he's 11 i thought he was like eight no no i was like he's got to be older than that okay, um, well then that pissed me off even more 
<laughs> but it's just like i don't know it's like one of those things where i like you know like moving to a new place like having to accept these new circumstances and it's so interesting with these characters and like the tropes of these characters that it's like the more like pressure that's put on them or the more responsibility that they're finally given the more they fuck up because it's just like this whole like mental state of like i have to be perfect i have to be the adult in the situation and like it's just like at the end of the day it's like i love that moment when like the character finally is like no i'm a kid like yeah. i can't deal with it i have my own responsibilities like yeah. i can't be the adult and the kid yeah um and i love that he recognizes that like that's when the, i was like okay <laughs> like i said that's when i like understood why i had like put out with the movie for as long as i did even though i was so uncomfortable with it for as long as i was but no i think like again like this whole journey his whole like you know concussed state really inspired like a new side of him no i'm kidding but um no but yeah what do you think at the end of the day the the message of the movie was like the biggest takeaway no i mean i think it's again like i think it's about overcoming grief about like or not it's like it's like the themes it's like the fact of like the balance of life of like you know that life inevitably is like can't be perfect like it like you know there are beautiful parts of it but like you know the violence the war like encroaches and it tends to like end up like it ruins like everything it touches um and i don't think that's necessarily the message but it's just what do we do in the face of that and um like how to how do we respond um and i mean at the end of the day like granted like this ends with him turning down grand uncle's yeah like offer no like literally him, dismantling like, going the back, world yeah literally allowing the world old world to fall apart yeah and go live his own life yeah. and he like eventually i mean he ends up returning to his own and like accepting his role as like dutiful son to natsuko who he accepts as his mother yeah um his new sibling becoming, yeah his new sibling who he takes responsibility for and shows like love for and like eventually like again he like we leave him going back to tokyo Mm -hmm. and like completely again it's like shifts of change and it's just like how do we roll with these changes how do we make and therefore allow to unmake our own worlds and our minds yeah it's just like it's like how do we like deal with change and how do we like show like endurance through all that and i don't know now that i'm saying i'm like i'm just like letting it out but i'm just like yeah, it kind of is because in a way it is Mahito's world that is just like falling around right. ar- around him, and then it's just like sort of like again accepting that things fall apart. Yeah, and, but not seeing it as a true end. I think it's really interesting that you took the message of the movie to be a little bit more like through Mahito's lens, but because I disliked him for a long part of the movie, I took I needed like the more general sense of it because like both of these things are very much like displayed from the very beginning too all the adults are just piling things on him and expecting him to be okay with it like he gets into a fight at school and they're like oh my god what what kid beat you up instead of being like hmm my kid might have some unrest adjustment issues issues. this might be a little bit unresting i swear you know and it's like mahito's dad he was the one that pissed me off oh my god just like here's your aunt who's also my new wife and also the mother of my new child let me drop you off and go to work yeah and like, hey, isn't it great? Like bringing in the warp. It's just like, 
he pissed me off. He pissed me Christian off. Christian Bale, whose version I saw, you did a great job, even though your accent changed a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but you were phenomenal. Great yeah. performance. It's Christian Bale. What else? It's like, do you can you expect? Yeah. Um, but Mahito aside, we've talked about the boy enough. What about the, the heron? heron. <laughs> um, I meant to look this up before, but what does a heron mean? A heron's a type of bird. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like, bitch. <laughs> I know. Um, heron sightings often represent spiritual meanings of stillness, abundance, opportunity, and harmony, of which this heron meant none of that. <laughs> <sighs> He's literally like... I just, just feel my blood pressure rising right now thinking about this fucking heron. The most delightfully chaotic, like... Quirky. She's a quirky girl. She is a quirky girl. I love that, like, scene with, like, Kiriko, Mahito, and the harem where it's, like, you know... In the tower? No, the one about... No, it's not in the tower. It's, like, when it's, like, younger Kiriko, and it's, uh-huh. like, they're having the meal, and it's, like, oh, what's a lie and what's the truth? Oh, like, you yeah. tell a lie, or is it the yeah. truth? And it's, like, a lie, truth. <laughs> it's, like, oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The English version it played out, like, really funny. Okay. Um, it's just, like, I thought it was a great role. I think it's, just, like, so funny. Like, it's just, like... How he's like sort of this like slippery character who, you know, like you never know which way he's leaning, but like at the end ends up proving his like loyalty and just, I don't know, being a fun, freaky little dude. Yeah, I loved his character development. It was really good. It was, it went from being like, even like the moment he was just a heron before you found out anything, I was like, he's up to no good. (laughs) And then he was like, hi, I'm up to no good. And I said, I knew it. I was like, what is going to happen? And then at the end I was like, why don't I want him to leave? I was like, wait, I'm really sad. <laughs> That's like a great consensus of that arc. Yeah, no, that is, yeah, that was the, the arc in, um, yeah, or whatever. We love that guy. We loved him. I really did. I think he did a great job of like being helpless when he was actually helpless and then being this adult in the situation when it was just him and Mahito. Yeah. Which I think is hard to do because like in most movies like this that are so like character driven they have like a sidekick and then that side you know it's like a silent yeah, sidekick like yeah yeah but it's like you know like a pascal entangled oh or, i know what you're saying okay. you know it's like kind of like a like someone that like it's great when they're there that one time because they can actually help and uh, any other time they're like totally useless and like you could even not like have them in this in on screen and it would be this nothing would play out differently like yeah. they're just literally there but i love that he was like such an active component even though like maybe he wasn't actually doing anything to like further the scene itself he was annoying me to the point that i needed the scene to be furthered which added to like the in like the viewing experience of like this poor kid is doing what now (laughs) and on top of that this man is like this heron man bird man bird man bird man is like just being the worst or being the best like he was just so like 180 like there's never like a, even though he's a gray hair and there's no gray area with him it's which, like the trickster character like the transformer shapeshifter yeah that's yeah that's exactly what it is actually and i just appreciate that character being there you know we, what, i feel like they're not used often and especially for as long as he was in the movie he was in the entire movie he like reminds me it's like he serves the role of like the genie in aladdin but with iago's personality oh my god <laughs> literally my nightmare (laughs) i I can't watch aladdin that often because it stresses me out (laughs) because of the genie or because of iago both 
I'm like, it's just that chaotic, like. It's like chaotic. It's chaotic neutral. It's chaotic good and chaotic evil, and he is just chaotic neutral. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a good way to put it, though. Have you seen Grave of the Fireflies? I have heard of it, but no, I have not seen it. Okay, so Grave of the Fireflies has to be one of the saddest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. That has to exist. Like, it's. Do you know what it's about? Um. No, like I literally, yeah, like, I that's know, fine. I've seen gifs of the movie. I know nothing about it. Basically, this boy and his sister are orphaned during World War II in Japan, of course. And so he has to take care of her. And it's like, you've seen like how sad the Studio Ghibli movies get. This one has all of those sad scenes back to back to back without any fantastical elements so it's just even more sad i had a cousin that watched this movie that literally couldn't stop crying for days yeah and then my sister watched this movie and couldn't stop crying for days and then i watched this movie and i was like nope not gonna do it (laughs) can't so i watched it in parts i watched like half of it one day and then a few days later i watched the second half because i was like this is tugging too many strings but the director of that movie um was takahara who is who was like miyasaki's like best friend like growing up like their whole life um but he died in 2018 while this movie was in production Mm -hmm. and the grand uncle character is actually based off of him interesting yeah or that's kind of what i found that like kind of changes things in meaning if that's like if that's i'm sure like maybe there's like layers to it but like it's like almost could we ask if like again like we were like saying it's like Miyazaki and his son but is it maybe Takahara you said Takahara Takahara and Miyazaki himself as yeah. Mahito like yeah. sort of like this legacy yeah I think it's I, I think it is safe to say that it has a little bit more of that like you, so in the way that like Himi's character is the mom how Himi is the mom younger meeting the kid at the same age Mm -hmm. like how that is like a relationship that happens i think it's also kind of like miyasaki as a kid meeting his friend takahara Mm -hmm. once he's passed Mm. i think it's less about like what actually happens and more so about like that fantasy of like these two people meeting that like didn't get to meet that's like really sad i know i'm gonna (laughs) cry now (laughs) okay um, I think is Grave of the Fireflies. Is that's the one that like that the opening scene that I was talking about, the one that's like my favorite scene. In the yes. movie, doesn't it take inspiration? I think from so. That? Like yeah. one of the scenes in um, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, because the I think something that someone on Twitter recommended as a great double feature was this movie and um, Petite Maman, which is oh um, Celine Shama's um, like. I don't know if it's her latest movie. It came out, I think... 2021. 2021, yeah. And I feel like it came out way more recently than that, but that's because that's how long I've been telling myself I'm going to watch this movie. Oh, I get um, it. And I told myself I'd watch this movie, yeah. and I didn't, but now I really want to. And you should. Which is, like, basically, like, a similar premise. Like, a younger a young girl, like, basically meets the younger version, like, this version of her mother who's, like, the same age. Yeah. And, like, their friendship. And nothing, just thought i'd point that out so like a movie wreck in addition to this movie wreck i love that concept though because it's like our parents were all our age at some point not just that but also like this like in this in petite maman like this kid grew up to be the parent of this kid yeah right so like 
to some degree, like that, those two kids have already played together. They've met. Yeah. They just like now it's like a bit more like in this fantasy, it's more physical. So this is the same way. It's more like it's like the mom grew up and then got to meet the son and they had a relationship. So it's like now like the closure of it is to meet the younger mom. Yeah. And then same with the grand uncle character, like. But kind of like in a flash in a back to the future kind of way. It's sort of like Benjamin Button. It's like Benjamin Button esque. You've met like Marty McFly giving. You were at your end meeting me at my beginning. Now I'm at my end meeting you at your beginning. Exactly. That's yeah. That's literally it. Is that from something? You just said those words out of your brain. Well, I mean, it was based on like the thing I'm stating, like what was there. I get it. Yeah. Hey, damn. And that's why she's a writer, you guys. I, you know, I can go through discussing an animated movie without talking about the music. The music, yeah. And Hayao Miyazaki's greatest collaborators is Joe Hisaishi, who Mm -hmm. like has composed, I think, all the Studio Ghibli films. Um, Maybe or practically all, at least all the ones that he's directed. Like he's known for such iconic scores and it's interesting because I thought like people were like saying that it doesn't hit as hard and I think that it did Um, or not that it didn't bang, but it was just like, I really loved its subtlety. It was just a very like gentle, like soundtrack. I don't know. I liked the qualities to it. It was just like, it took its time, like the movie to like get to its like greatest like moments, I guess of musicality. Maybe it's because I watched it in Japanese, and so like I would read the. Sometimes I'd read the subtitles a little bit faster than they were saying the words, but I like really, really vibe with the music. Like I like you saying that. Like some people were like, "Oh, it's not hitting as hard." I totally disagree <laughs> with that. Like I thought that it slapped. I'm like, yeah, I'm just like you fucking. And like apparently, like I was reading this like um later on after I watched it. Um, Joe, he said she said that he didn't really consult much at all. Like, Hayao Miyazaki just like gave him free reigns to just do whatever he wanted for the score, and it was just like, well, we're gonna convey after. Yeah, and then he came up with this. Yeah, oh, that's so good. I like that. I just love like the choral. I don't know the choral arrangements were like really, ha. Yeah. Um, and even like, like the movie was scary at some point, and like the suspense and the chasing and it chasing of it all, like. On the parts where like the music had to be quiet and it was so quiet, I was like, "What's coming next?" And then it would come, and I was like, "Bam!" Yeah, like, I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, it's these like layers of mystery on mystery. Yeah, yeah, it was very suspenseful, and I like that. But anyways, I just wanted to touch on that before we rated it. How yeah. do you think it's a stacks up mm-hmm. as a Studio Ghibli film, and how would you rate it in general? I'm gonna give it. It does it stack up as Studio Ghibli film? Yes, because it's just as sad as all the sadness and all the other ones are. This one, I'm going to give... Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. All right. I'm going to give fair, it an 8. I think that's a fair enough rating. I think I'm going to go... I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to say fully time, but like 9.5. Like, it scores pretty high for me. I think it, like, shows some great, like, mastery from, like, it's, again, it's, like, one of the greatest, like, animators, like, of all time. And it's just, like, again, it's, like, putting all of his, like, themes. I think it's just, like, a great, like, summarization. Or not summarization, but it's just, like, a great amalgamation of all, like, his greatest, like, hits, all the things that have meant the most to him. And it's sort of, like, again, it's, like, acknowledging, like, his own mortality acknowledging yeah. like 
the liminality and like how temporary this world is and like he acknowledges like it's like it'll all come crumbling down one day like whether it's yeah. now or like and at the end of the day everyone like, is going to be okay yeah like we'll be okay but i think it's just like again the sheer beauty of and like you know bittersweetness of life and our own fantasies um so i'll i'm just giving a nine and a half because like is it the perfect animated movie um i think i mean i think it's amazing i i don't she even said, know i'm say. saving my 10 yeah i'm saving <laughs> and then alternate title i'm gonna go with like a narnia vibes and say the girl the the boy the heron and the spitfire um, even though it does have its own alternate title yeah it does. that's funny my alternate title how do you live now maybe the tower the Broken Tower. Oh. Something like that. That's, That's like also, one. it just makes me think of Game of Thrones. Right. Where the tower that Bran falls off. Yeah. Of. Like, yeah. Spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um. Broken Tower is a good one. The Rock Tower. Okay. Who would you, I guess in the English version, who would you additionally cast in this movie? Also, mm-hmm. stacked cast. I had no idea all these people were in it. Dave Bautista, I love him. Yeah, he makes a great parakeet king. Even though he's like a late addition, but I thought he did a great job. Great. He did great. Oh, um, well, I didn't see it. I didn't want hear it in English, so. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Aquafina, if there was like oh, another no. like freaky, like, like transforming. She could have played a heron. She could have played the heron, I think, just as well. Scuttle, like... Yeah, given Scuttle. Um, if there was, like, had been, like, the adult version of the mother that we actually saw. I don't know. The, is she? Did no. She have a voice? The, the mother didn't have a voice. Um, the older version... I want Emma Thompson to be the old lady Kiriko. Mm, that would have been fun. Though, I think Florence Pugh did a great job. I believe you. I didn't. Again, I didn't hear it in English. But I was talking about Emma Thompson earlier, and I love her a lot. I was gonna say maybe like Sandra Oh, but I feel like she has a oh, great voice. I love her. She does have a great voice. But I don't know if it's like for the mother. I'm like, let's add Jamie Foxx in there. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't know where, but let's put him in. That's the Wara Wara. He could do it. He, he could. could. It. He, he really could, could do, do it. it. Um, can it's Jamie Foxx. And then what part could you do away with? Um. Honestly, again, it was for those parakeets. Like I understand what they were meant to represent. But, like, a lot of the time that they were there, I'm just like, why? You know? It's just, like, a lot of sequences with these parakeets. And I feel like, ultimately, they did not contribute a whole lot other than, you know, chaos. But, yeah. But not, like, chaos that contributes to the story. More just, like, chaos. Chaos, yeah. To pile on. I actually disagree with you because I think that the parakeets, I mean, yes, I think they were a little bit extraneous, but they could be they weren't a lot like a law of the movie so i think that if the stakes had been set a little bit sooner with them i would have been i wouldn't think that they're as extraneous so i would actually get rid of the whole pelican scene oh yeah yeah you can leave the war war maybe he's like in a trance like going through the world and you know whatever i don't care though we never did end up discussing the whole like significance of that scene or what we thought the scene meant because like war. what did that yeah the what pelicans the pelicans the world yeah war. what do you think that like oh. um huh well what about it was like we could do away with this well i like the concept of the war war being like being born here and then having to leave but 
what I was confused is like, how did he end up on this island? And why were the pelicans there? Like the pelicans actually confused me a little bit more than the parakeets did. Um, and then how, why was Kiriko there? Has she always been there? Why did, how did she save him? Like, does this happen often that there's like a random person here? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it just like led, gave me too many questions that none of them were answered. So like mm. if maybe he had just like landed there and Kiriko was like, who are you? What are you doing here? This is my, whatever. He was like, oh, I'm just looking for my mom. She'd be like, okay, get the fuck out. And then had taken him like, and then the story would have picked up at the end of those scenes. And like the, then the, the parakeets would have been introduced sooner and then there would have been more stakes within that because by the time they were introduced, I was like, there's enough stakes. <laughs> like these parakeets are freaking me out. Like, but that is part of it too, is that everything is freaky. No, yeah. It's, so, yeah. No more, par- no more, no more pelicans for me. No, I honestly, like for me, like I thought that was one of the more poignant scenes in the film. It's just like the whole idea of just like that even the war makers because i mean like at the end it's like these pelicans are killers but it's like we do what we have to to survive yeah Yeah. and it's like you know that it's like the circle of life it's like you know like like if i can't eat anything else and i'm stuck here what the fuck else am i supposed to do yeah um but it's like the sort of like more brutal realities but i mean there's a difference between it's just like that's just the nature of the human experience like i mean where I mean, like, it depends on the person because there's vegans and vegetarians, but it's, like, the majority of the users, she's, like, we eat animals or we exploit and, like, we have to do what we can in order to survive. It's just, yeah. like, circle, again, circle, circle of, life. of life. yeah. But then it's, like, the people or, like, the creatures that go out of their way to make war into yeah. set of rules and, like, the thrill of being bloodthirsty versus, like, survive. Yeah. It's just living yeah just how are they living but i do i do see what you mean about like that not being necessary like it didn't it wasn't like it could have been like missing and it it would have been fine it's not that it's unnecessary it's that this movie is a lot of like in hindsight i see why that was there and in the moment i was like why is this here Hmm. and then the next scene i was like why was that there and then two (laughs) scenes after that, i was like why was that there but then i'm like oh in hindsight i see why that was there I don't know. Um, and I guess the ultimate question, which I think we both know the answer to this is, would this be a movie that you rewatch nonstop if you were a kid? Oh boy. She's going to surprise me. <laughs> I was going to be saying, I've been dying to watch it again really? since I saw it. Yeah. Oh. Now, mind you, when I was a kid, when I've been dying to rewatch it, like maybe to understand what the hell I just watched. Well, actually, that's a really Cause I don't good think I would have understood it whatsoever as a kid. That is a really good point. Cause I would rewatch spirit away back to back. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> so maybe actually, yeah. No, but, but no, not no, because this one made me really sad. And uh-huh. I don't think I could put myself in that back to back. No, I love movies that make me sad. I, I it's, that. It gives me my outlet to cry. But I understand not wanting to like torture yourself. Yeah. Spirit Away doesn't make me actually sad because it's like, what, they're pigs? Well, they're still there. <laughs> um, but this one is like, his mom's gone. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. Reality. Yeah, well, thank you for listening to this episode about the boy and the heron, and I hope that we didn't spoil too much for you. We, I think we spoiled everything, but... No, we literally just said everything that was in this movie, and so I hope that you actually watch this movie, and feel free to let us know what you think about the actual movie. I concur. Like, yeah, you should <laughs> definitely, like, go and see it for yourself so you understand what the hell we've been talking about for the last hour. And if you did already see it, good for you. You did it. You watched it. <laughs>
yeah my next mission is to try and again see the japanese dub oh you That's, really should yeah i want to see you it totally i'm really excited should. and you should see the english one yeah it's also i think very i need good. a few months before i can do that fair enough yeah so we'll touch base um but yeah so this is um another episode of, of our oscar nom mini series within this within the season um so. as oscar season comes up what do you think it's gonna be like where do you think it stands in terms of like chances of it winning i think this one could totally win animation i mean i think it could totally win it has like we were mentioning like it's a really good homage to what studio ghibli has been for the last few decades a movie that has so so many references to so many moments that have shaped like the history of animation for the last 40 50 years i think it can totally win on top of it being absolutely stunning mind-boggling I couldn't have said it better. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. I really hope it does win, even though we'll like, and we'll discuss Spider-Verse. I think that one has a good, but I think this is my number one personally. Interesting. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I think that if I hadn't watched it, I would have been like, oh, if it wins. Yeah. I like, there's nothing else that I'm super excited about on the list, but like, because I watched it. I'm like, oh, no, I am excited about this one. And honestly, to begin, like, to be honest, I was really worried about recording this episode because I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say about this movie. I'm still so much in the processing er- stage. But um, turns out I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank you again for watching. Keep an ear out. Um we're going to be taking a break next week from the Oscar noms because Turning Red is coming back into theaters. Oh, yeah. So keep an ear out for our episode on that. Keep your red panda ears out for that. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to be going back to the Oscar noms, which one I'm sure everyone will be excited to hear about, which I'm sure is like one of the, was one of the favorite animated yeah. films of the year. Um, and with that, we close with the question, how do you live? Oh, boy. Not with the heron, that's for sure. I live with the dog. <laughs> so the girl and the dog. Um, how do I live? That's a great question. How do you live? I'm not like I was. My immediate yeah. thought was too bleak. I'm too, too bleak. <laughs> I was gonna be like alone. <laughs>